Hello, everybody, and welcome to an extra special edition of Moving Voices, the official podcast of the Professional Speakers Association of the United Kingdom and Ireland. My name is Rod Sloan, and I hope 2009 has been wonderful for you. Oh, it's been challenging for some, and that 2010 will be even better. So, to help you, to give you extra value, we have three guests on this podcast from around the world. So our guests are Moving Voices. Our guests are Paul Dutoy from South Africa, Jeremy Nicholas from PSA UK, and David Newman from Philadelphia. The place, not the cheese. So first of all, you're going to hear Jeremy and Paul in a very lively interview about their thoughts about the recent PSA conference. And then I'll be interviewing David about speaker marketing. And please stay on for this because we have a special 2009 end of year gift for all listeners. So over to Jeremy and Paul at the PSA convention. Paul Detoy is with me, fantastic South African speaker. How I, I really enjoyed your your session. How did you enjoy PSA? Uh, thank you, Jeremy. It was it's been a wonderful experience. Um, I always love connecting with old friends and uh, making uh, making new ones. And was amazed at the number of new faces that had come along, who are really very very talented uh, speakers. So uh, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I think that the mix was excellent. Um, I found the meet the pro sessions incredibly intensive and uh, and and of high value. Uh, I enjoyed the keynotes. I think that there was a good mix. Uh, the comedy was wonderful. Tim God was awesome, wasn't he? So, so was Alvin Law. Um, it, it, Philip Van Hooser was fantastic. It was just really a, a, a good convention. Can you mention some British speakers just to make us feel a bit better? Well, there was a chap called Jeremy <laughs> Nicholas that got up for about uh, a minute or so and then had a five-minute, <laughs> a five-second digging. But no, it, it, it really was very, very good. And the organisation was particularly I thought it was fantastic. cracking this year. Really yeah, good. I, I, I thought they were really on top of things and the hotel did a very good job as well and that makes a huge difference when you select the right kind of venue and you've had an overall good experience. So really a a good convention and I would highly recommend it again back home as I always do. And and for aspiring speakers that think about coming to a convention like this to learn, it's a big investment. What, What do they get out of it, would you say? Well, I think, um, firstly, being able to rub shoulders with established speakers and speakers that have started a route such as theirs fairly recently is very important. There, were, there was learning in all sorts of different areas of the business, such as speaking, platform skills, running your business. If you're interested in getting a book, branding, increasing your profile, it was absolutely limitless. It's almost impossible to mention them all. And, and being able to watch good speakers, like, for instance, Phil Van Hooser, stand up there and craft a keynote is a, is a, is a huge privilege. So I think anybody that is serious about starting a speaking business or re-establishing a speaking business, you've just got to be at the convention. There's no other place to be. And just a word about the South African uh, speaking because you obviously got your convention now, I'm, I'm very keen to get into the South African market as you know yeah. I'm married to an Afrikaner yes, like yes. yourself yeah. but she looks very much like you yeah. I mean yeah. <laughs> I wish she must be yeah. <laughs> and so how, how is it for Europeans speaking in South Africa I mean is it, is it easy to break into or I mean for someone like me that does humour would, would that travel very well yeah it would certainly travel well we, we understand British humour and until one stage um, we've got a a lot of British films coming through before there was this equity ban so there's been yeah. a 
again, the American influences has moved in a lot more recently, but there are a lot of people, especially in the older market, that are really up there with the British humor. So we, we like British speakers. Um, we like European speakers. Um, the only thing that they have to get used to possibly is going to South Africa. Your fees aren't going to be anything like they are uh, here in Europe. They're, they're a lot lower. And I'm thinking of being out there for the whole of the World Cup, yeah. June, June the 11th to July the 11th. Yeah. What chance of me being able to rent a car then? I mean, how, how, how expensive are the You'll have to get in quickly, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and same with flights. Paul Detoy, pleasure chatting to you. Yeah, lovely. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Paul, for your thoughts on the PSA convention. And I'd encourage you, if you didn't go, to consider going to the 2010 one and keep your eyes open for our mini convention in the spring. Now, David Newman is somebody you may have heard of. He's a marketing guy and he also helps a lot of speakers in the US with their marketing. But he has something unique to add as well. But you'll hear about that in the interview. And stay tuned because towards the end, we will be releasing our special gift for all listeners. So sit back, take notes, and here's David Newman. So today I have David Newman with me. David, hello. Hey there, Rod. It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't, haven't heard who David Newman is, well, then shame on you. David is one of the leading exponents on helping speakers market themselves worldwide. Is that a uh, not over-the-top claim there for you, is it, David? It is at the same time over-the-top and incredibly <laughs> accurate. <laughs> now, there are lots of people out there who will tell speakers how to market themselves. David's unique experiences, though, he has sat the other side of the fence. So for 12 months, David has booked speakers. So David has perspective on this, unlike others who maybe have their own opinion of what may or may not work. So remember, when you're listening to David today, you're hearing the experience of not only somebody that markets speakers, but somebody who has booked speakers as well. So if that's the case then, David... um, you know, most speakers don't want to label themselves at all. You know, we want to be much more unique and special than that. Why is it so important that speakers should label themselves? And what do you mean by that? Well, Rod, I'll tell you, I resisted this for a very long time uh, in my speaking career. And then when I switched to becoming a meeting planner and conference producer for a year, uh, within... A week of sitting on the other side of the desk, I came to realize that people that book us are in the business of buying. So the more that we try and be uh, innovative or clever or mysterious or if, if we try and put a blanket brand out there without a clear label and without a clear niche, that works against getting us hired. So for example, people that uh, on your website within two seconds of a conference producer or meeting planner landing on your website, can they tell where they are? Can they tell, can they see, in so many words, negotiation speaker, customer service speaker, sales speaker? Is that label, and, and by the label, I mean one of those, not all of those, uh, is one of those hitting them in between the eyes in an unmistakable, unforgettable sort of way. And the other way that I, I look at this 
Uh, here in the U.S., we have CNN, which is the cable news network, but I'm happy to go international. So this will be now the BBC test. And the BBC test is that when you're on television and they put the banner across the bottom of the screen, can you put your expertise into two or three words? Things like sales expert, things like customer service consultant, things like leadership author. Uh, it's all across the board, and it's not clear, and it's not consistent, and it's not well-labeled. You're going to have a difficult time getting hired. Okay. Now, just on that, just one further sort of follow-up question on that. When you were booking speakers, and you saw somebody describe themselves as a sales speaker, and somebody else describe themselves as a sales expert, do you think one is a better title for what we do, or do you think... Is that splitting hairs? Well, no, it's a great, great question. And uh, my soundbite on this one, Rod, is that uh, professional speaker is a skill set, and it's not a job description. So I think the people that are struggling in this economy are the ones that are putting themselves out there as, I'm a speaker, I'm a a speaker, come in, uh, let me come in and hire me to speak where there are so many other ways that you can deliver your value, and of course experts can deliver their value in a speech. Experts can deliver their value in a consulting program. Experts can deliver their value in a teleseminar or a webinar. Experts can deliver their value in books and systems and products and programs. So as much as we love to speak and as much as that might be our preferred method of communicating and method of making a living, always keep in mind that prefer is really a skill set that can be deployed in the service of your topic and in the service of your clients in many, many ways. And so to answer your question briefly, uh, I was always attracted to the experts who I found more versatile as opposed to the speakers who just speak, 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 and that's all that I see on the website. And there's basically one call to action, which is hire this person to speak. If there were other ways I could access their genius, and if there are other ways that you can let your buyers access your genius, uh, that's only going to increase your financial success. Thank you very much for that. One thing we hear a lot either in NSA or PSA about how we can demonstrate our expertise is to publish a book. But then there's a great argument saying, well, the the real way to make money is to self-publish. So is there any future, do you think, for the professionally published book if you're an expert and wants to speak, David? Rod, I think there is, and I think there's been a little bit of a reversal in that In the old days, back in the 1970s and 80s and early 1990s, when professional publishing was the mainstream way to go and self-publishing was either very mysterious or very expensive, professional publishing, or as some would call it, traditional publishing, was the way to go. Mid-1990s to about, I would say, mid-2000s, so from about 1995 to about 2005, this concept that you're mentioning became very, very popular all throughout PSA and NSA that, oh, don't, don't, um, 
go the traditional publishing route. You can self-publish. It's easier. It's faster. It's more profitable. You've got more control. All of these wonderful things start to happen. And then what you saw a lot of speakers do is they no one was self-publishing. Everyone was both a speaker and ran a publishing company. <laughs> and perhaps that was out of their basement or their attic or their spare bedroom. But we were told, oh, no, don't don't call it self-publishing. Say that you're now a speaker and you're the CEO of your own publishing company. But, you know, that's gone. I think that's gone. The pendulum has gone the other way. And now there is so much out there with self-publishing that dogs and cats and house pets can now have <laughs> self-published books. And, you know, I, I think our buyers are on to this. Our buyers have finally caught on after 10 years of the self-publishing gravy train for speakers and experts who speak. And today, my recommendation would be to go for the professionally published book. And I've gone both ways, and my clients have gone both ways. I've gotten seven self-published books, and I do have one professionally published book, but I did it all backwards. Like most of my career, I did it all backwards. I did the seven uh, self-published books first, and then my eighth and final book was professionally published. If I were... Uh, creating or recreating a speaking business today, I would put much more time and love and effort and energy into the professionally published book simply for the credibility and the thought leadership platform that that affords you. And also, strictly speaking, from a getting hired perspective, if you have a professionally published book, it's a great risk reversal strategy. So that a professionally published book shows and proves that the meeting planner or the conference producer does not have to be the first person to trust you and to put their reputation on the line by hiring you because if you're good enough for the professional publisher, you're probably good enough for this conference planner. Okay, so if you've got a professionally published book, it's going to make you stand out and it means you're more well-established and it's less of a risk for the person in hiring you. So let's imagine you have this professionally published book and people say, well, let's go look at this guy's or the girl's website Go on across to your website. What's the first thing you're looking for, do you think, or buyers are looking for when they land on a speaker or expert's website, David? And what do people mistake, or how do they get it wrong when it comes to the whole website conundrum? Well, the mistake I see a lot, Rod, is that people don't have enough substance on their website. And by substance, I, I simply mean content. So blogs, articles, videos, downloads, podcasts like this one, all sorts of information. And when I, when I have uh, clients that have a very sparse website like this, one of my first questions is, well, where's all your wonderful content? And the answer that more often than not comes back is, well, David, you don't understand. I get paid a lot of money to share this content with my association clients and my corporate clients and I don't want to give away my content for free because the biggest fear, of course, is that the more you give away for free, the less they're going to want to hire you. And the analogy I like to draw here is that this is like the Rolling Stones who have three $400 tickets or three £400 tickets over in the UK uh, for their stadium packing concerts and imagine if Mick Jagger and company said well we're no longer going to sell 
because you know they're so cheap and they're not really profitable. And the more CDs we sell, well, people are not going to come out to our concerts. And of course, that's 180 degrees opposite of the way the music business really works. The more low-cost and no-cost content you put out there, the more people you're going to attract to the high-priced, high-premium events and speeches and seminars and programs. But, you know, so it needs to be reversed because especially today, now more than ever, I think buyers are risk-averse. I think they need to see proof. The more that you let people see it, sample it, taste it, touch it, take a little sample home, the more those seeds will turn into business. So do not be stingy on your website with your content, your ideas, your philosophies, your strategies, your steps, your templates, your tools. All of that should be free. All of that should be given away at low cost or no cost. Then people are going to say, wow, imagine if we brought Rod into our company. He's giving away so much wonderfulness for free. Imagine what we would get if we hired him. Imagine what we would get if we booked him for our association. Imagine what we would get if we hired him for our corporate retreat. And, of course, you're simply fulfilling that promise by giving them more of that wonderful premium material once they... They want content. And obviously something we're told about all the time is video. So all we need to do is put up a video there and people can see us speaking. And that's all we need to do, isn't it? Is there anything special we need to think about when it comes to our video and how that helps market ourselves as a as a speaker? Yes, absolutely. Well, and Rod, you and I have talked about this in the past. My philosophy on this is that no video, having no video on your website, having no video on YouTube is better than having a bad video or not not even a bad video but a video that reflects poorly on your brand on your expertise on your speaking ability I'll, I'll give you an example and it's an example that I've been given permission to use because it's an example about me <laughs> and my horrendous mistakes early on about video early on this was back in 2002 2003 when I didn't know any better, so I, I claim uh, insanity. Uh, I had a video guy come out, and he was a wonderful guy, and it was a wonderful program. The problem was it was in a small seminar room at a commerce. It was uh, shot so that there were one or two audience members that were in view, and it looked like I was speaking to a room full of empty, bored, not very intriguing people. So the the challenge, of course, is that the, the video like that, if it's out there on your website, if it's out there on YouTube, if it's findable in any way, shape, or form, the context in which your buyers see you in that video is the context in which they set you, and it becomes set in stone, and it becomes a huge liability. So looking at that video of me speaking in a small seminar room, it was about 25 people, but only two of whom were visible in the frame at any given moment. That was not a confidence builder when a meeting planner would come across that and book me for their global conference where I was on the main stage with iMags and beautiful lighting and big screens in front of 10,000 of their delegates. So you have to be very, very careful. You know, And what I would rather do is take that video off your website than to have a video out there that reflects poorly on you and that will limit 
your ability to get hired in some of those larger venues. Now, is it better to have a wonderful showcase video that's professionally produced that shows you on the main stage with the beautiful lighting and the IMAGs and the screens and the big laughing and interacting? Of course. Uh, if you can't get that, don't do with something that's going to actually hurt you as opposed to something that might be neutral. So having no video is more of a neutral stance. Having a bad video will will take dollars off off your plate. Okay, so what you're saying, if your video sees you shows you speaking in front of 20 people, that's all you're going to get a book to do, isn't it, to speak in front of 20 people? Exactly, okay. exactly right. All right. Now, you had experience booking speakers, um, David. So, you know, if I want to say, well, that's all very well and good, but I just want to pick up the phone and call these people who, who book, book people, you know, either meeting planners or association people... What are mistakes you see when people directly approach meeting planners or meeting organizers? What are the mistakes they tend to make? Well, there are a couple things. I think one mistake is having no niche, having no specific target where you're picking up the phone. You're saying, well, I speak to all kinds of groups on all kinds of things as opposed to having some sort of relevant bridge or relevant connection to that specific group. And I think another mistake people make is being totally generic. So the question becomes, does the world really need another sales speaker? Does the wor world really need another marketing For you and me, it's, it's bad yeah. news if we sound and look like every other marketing speaker. You know, Does the world really need another leadership speaker? Or is it better to have a contrarian viewpoint and a provocative viewpoint and to have some unique value in the marketplace by perhaps saying that the emperor has no clothes or by calling out something that is in the environment that people are struggling with. So, for example, right now, in, in my world of marketing, for the last year, year and a half, it, it hasn't been about grow your business, grow your business, grow your business. I mean, that's nice, all things being equal, but if we're in the middle of an economic train wreck and a global recession, then it becomes... Grow your business and recession-proof your profits or recession-proof your revenues or reposition, repackage, shift your business thinking for good times and bad. So if there needs to be some sort of relevance or some sort of contrarian hook or handle on your topic. If you can have a handle on your topic that is different from where everyone else is latching on and grabbing your topic – that's going to be memorable, and more importantly, that's going to be bookable. So the important thing is to really tie in to a, with a specific need, with some specific strategies and philosophies that, you know, I was almost going to say that may be similar to other speakers, but I'm going to back off that. I'm going to say go 180 degrees where other speakers are not, or even go go, go places with your topic where your competitors may be afraid to follow you. That's going to be a standout speaker. That's going to be someone who you're going to either love them or hate them, but the ones that love them will book them. Okay, that's, that's great. I love that. And there's something similar. I say something similar. You know, you know, can you dare say what your competitors won't say or don't say? You know, So that's the sort of thing to say. David, I want to thank you very much for your time today. Now, for people who are listening today and want to find out more about you... I do you have a website or some online resources they can go and check out? Where would you recommend they go to? 
I do. Well, there are two things. One is my website, which is doitmarketing, D-O-I-T, marketing.com. And there's all kinds of fabulous resources there. But, Rod, I also want to extend to our PSA friends and family an offer where if they send me an email to david at doitmarketing.com, I would be happy to send them a copy of my Help Me Hire You audio program and points and some transcripts, and it's a whole bundle of wonderful things. Help Me Hire You, 21 Strategies to Get Booked and Stay Booked. All they have to do is drop an email with the subject line, PSA Gift. So PSA Gift. Send the email to david at doitmarketing.com, and I will send you the Help Me Hire You complete uh, professionally recorded package with my my thanks for listening. David, I've seen that package, so that's a wonderful offer. Thank you for that. And if you're listening to this, you'd be crazy not to um, send out that email to David today. So, David, thank, thanks again very much once for your time. And uh, I'm sure we look forward to seeing you again and hearing again on Moving Voices. Thank you.